on this. Now we're going to differentiate between the, the lead pastor and the youngest guy. So now I'm back to senior again. So I'm not too thrilled about that. But I am thrilled to have my son join us on staff here for the next year. And uh, we're looking forward to a tremendous year at Calvary Temple. Lord, I pray for this message this morning that it would just not be information. Lord, we have enough information. But God, I pray for the power of God's Holy Spirit that will touch our hearts and our minds and that it may impact us, may it transform us, and may we be doers of your word. I pray, God, that you would move this morning and may it be the beginning of a year like we've never experienced before. I pray, God, for our guests and our visitors that are here this morning. I pray, Lord, that you minister to them. I pray, God, that we leave this building today knowing that Jesus Christ has been here and is with us. And as we go our ways, he goes with us that we may impact our world for the Lord Jesus Christ. So God bless this message this morning. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, this is, as you came in, you recognize this is Welcome Sunday in our church. See, Welcome Sunday is actually Introduction Sunday. We're introducing our church and its ministries to new people. And we're also introducing new people to each other. And we're giving you a great opportunity following the service today to get to know each other a whole lot better. We're also introducing our church congregation back into ministry. I'm from the East, and we have a comical saying about, that we say about ourselves, and it goes like this. We never give ourselves coffee breaks, or they never give Easterners coffee breaks, because it takes too long to retrain them. And so in our church, we never take coffee break. But you're from the West. You're Westerners. So you're already trained. You remember how to minister. And so really, it's an introduction to back into ministry in our church. We need you. It's time to launch into the fall adventure. The furthest I traveled this summer was to Fargo, North Dakota, which was not that far but I had the most adventurous summer that I have ever had. Back in August, I was privileged to perform my son's wedding ceremony. And my biggest fear was, Gary, can you get through it? You've done some weddings, many weddings in the past, but this is your son. Can you make it? Well, we survived. Did it. it was a great privilege. As I said, we welcomed Gary's wife, Kelsey, into our family. I worked in an auto body shop while on vacation for a couple of days. And I met brand new people that I didn't know before. I also heard some different language that I don't usually hear around the church. You know something else? This is very, very good for me. Very good for me. To get back and, and try to get in the workforce and try to get to know different people. And it's just very, very good it was for me to do. I watched a master carpenter at work. Stood in the booth and, and watched them paint a vehicle. To my amazement, I have new cars to work on. And you know something? After 30 years, I've changed direction in my hair. For 30 years. Now, you know, you know how sensitive I am about my hair. No one touches my hair. But I was getting severe headaches for such a long time. 
It took someone, a hairstylist in Fargo, to tell me, hey, your hair wants to go this way, not that way. And so I said, okay, I came back. I'm changing my hair direction. How do you like? But no one touched my hair. Still pretty sensitive about the hair thing. After, well, you talk about a great adventure. Summer was great, but fall is going to be greater. Next week, we go back to two Sunday morning services. Next Sunday, we're going to induct whatever that means. I'm going to find out what that means this week and do that next Sunday. My son. Next Sunday in the ministry. Next month, I turn 55. I know you're so surprised. He looks 45. 55 years of age, and I get seniors discounts. It doesn't get any better than that. What a great adventure lies before us. But we, as a leadership, have never been so excited about a fall introduction Sunday. We've been planning, we've been praying, we've been believing, we have been expecting, we have been preparing, we've been believing God for the most amazing season this church has ever had. Daniel 11, verse 28, it's always in the back of my mind. And he shall do exploits. That speaks about excitement. That speaks about, gives a person energy. It makes your hair stand, gives your goosebumps. He shall do exploits. And our desire, our prayer for every person in our church is that they would, that they would do great exploits. That they would be successful in God's kingdom. They'd be successful in reaching out, caring for others, loving others, and sharing the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. He shall do great exploits. That's for everyone here this morning. And so today, I want to launch an eight-week sermon series that I've entitled The Just Factor. Now, let me tell you this. I've had the details for a long time, planned it all, put these messages together. But I wanted a title, a, a catch title. I worked, so, I worked many, many hours on just coming up with The Just Factor, whether it's good or not, the best I could do. But it's The Just Factor. That we start today, it'll be a faith-based power adventure that I'm praying will revolutionize your life and will revolutionize our church. I pray it will set the stage for unheard of congregational effectiveness. God has called us to be effective. And that's what we desire to be as a church, as Calvary Temple Congregation. We want to be effective in all that we do and do it with excellence. Now, the word just by itself is not too exciting. The word just by itself is not too picturesque. It's not too powerful. It's not too earth-shaking. It's not too dynamic. But the word just, I would say, is kind of a curious word. It's a set-up word. It's kind of a lead-in word. It's an introducing word. Now consider what happens when I just add maybe one, maybe two words after the word just. You get a great picture. Just married. You get a picture of brand new battles in there, don't you know? I didn't say that. Excitement, a brand new adventure. Just marriage. Just visiting. How about just relaxing? Just reading. Just imagine. Just adventure. Just for laughs. Just a kiss. Just ask. Just for men. And of course, just for ladies. Just for kicks. Just for fun. Just dance. Just leaked out. Locked out. Looked out. Laughed out and found out. Oh, just add water. Just you and me. Just fire. Don't you get some pictures when we just add something else to the word just? It begins to blossom. It sparks into something. Your imagination begins to run. 
And then it means something. For the next eight weeks, we want to take you places. It's going to be a great adventure. As each week I, I place a different word at the end of the word just and speak upon that word. This series will not be just for informational purposes. Information without application results in frustration. We desire that you put these messages into practice and then live them out. In Genesis chapter 6 and verse 22, the Bible says Noah did everything just, just as God commanded him. Exodus chapter 7 and verse 6, Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded them. In fact, the words just as the Lord commanded appears 10 times just in the book of Acts. It describes the commitment of God's people. They said, we're committed. We're going to do just as he told us to do. We're going to obey his word. We're going to apply it to our lives. It's going to transform us. You see, happy and blessed people are not contemplators of the word of God, but they are doers of the word of God. Psalm chapter 1 and verse 1 begins off by saying, the blessed ones are the doers. Blessed is the man that delights and walks according to the word of God. He shall be like the tree planted by the streams of water. He shall grow. He shall blossom. He shall be created into the kind of person God wants him to be. His roots go down deep into the soil. His roots go down deep because God says, I'm going to feed him. He delights in my law. Contemplators never seem to be happy. Contemplators of God's word, but those that do his word are happy and blessed. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, says, just as you were called to one hope. I love that word, one hope. If there's anything we can offer to our world and offer to our congregation this morning, is we have a great one hope. There's not many hopes, there's one hope. His name is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 4 and 32 says, just as in Christ, God forgave you. I love those words, forgave you. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter what your record is. Doesn't matter what you've done in your past. God says he forgives. He forgives. Ephesians 5 and 2 says, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up, gave himself up. He died on the cross for your sins and for my sins. He gave everything he could give because he wanted us to live in complete freedom and fulfillment. He wanted to give us eternal life and not just eternal life. But as we live life upon this earth, he says, I want you to have joy within. The Bible says in Ephesians 5 and 25, just as Christ loved the church, he loves the church. He loves the body of Christ, as we call it. He loves the assembly of believers. He loves us as we gather this morning. It's his people. He loves what it is. He began it. What a picture we're given here. Just in those few passages of scripture found in Ephesians chapter 4 and chapter 5. These are some of the just factors of God. He adds to the word, he adds to the word just and gives us a beautiful picture of our great hope. The redemption of of our sin stricken lives and a compassion for his church that is indescribable. Now, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 5 
says, just as you would obey Christ. Just as you would obey Christ. Just imagine what could happen in your life. What could happen in my life over the next eight weeks if we just obeyed God's word each week as we built on this theme of the just factor. If we didn't question If we didn't say, God, I don't feel good about this. Maybe it's tithing. I don't feel good about tithing. What if we just said, I'm going to obey his word. I'm going to give as the Lord told me to give. What if we just obeyed his word and just did his word for the next eight weeks? If we just focused on it. Wow, what a fall you'd have. What a winter. You wouldn't even mind the 40 below weather. You would say, bring it on. Did I say that? on vacation too long. Just imagine. You see, we're also calling this series of messages this morning a power adventure. Now, I have realized in my own life that the power always seems to flow where the attention goes. For example, if you're thinking of negative things all the time, it seems like you're going to get power. Power comes from that. You just get worse and worse and worse and worse. It gets fed, 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 down, down, down. Negative, negative, negative. It works on the other side as well. The power flows where the attention goes. So you got your mind fixed on heavenly things, mind fixed on godly things, mind fixed on His Word. God says as you feed, as you're positive, as you give, as you feed the positive end of your life, power is going to come from that. The power will always flow where your attention goes. I go to Prince's Auto and I buy Power Fist products. How many have seen them? I just buy them for the pictures. I love the fist. I like the name Power. It just motivates me. i got to buy that tool. I want to get home and I want to get down to work. In fact, I want to go right now. No, I'll be on. I just bought a new tool last week and i got to get home and use it. You know, something is also... A chip, they say, that they can put in your vehicle that will give you extra horsepower. Horsepower. Well, the chip. The chip for us is this. The chip. You want more horsepower in your Christian life? Here it is. You want the energy? You want the motivation? You want the purpose? You want the drive? You want the spark? You want want ignition? Ignition? Whatever that word is. I'm from the East. And lift off. For those of you that knew, I always use the term often from the East. It's my excuse. Whatever it is. Whatever I can use it for. This is our chip. The Word of God. It'll infuse you and empower you to do everything that God wants you to do. And so, there's an unexplainable power found in God's Word as we participate as we come and as we drink and as we become doers of His Word. And this power journey is for everyone that's here this morning. No one is excluded. God says, "Every whosoever will may come. Whosoever will read. Whosoever will do. Well, this morning, I want to kind of bring an introduction to this series and also touch on the first word. And the first word I want to bring to you this morning as we add on to the word just, the just factor, is the word see. Just see. And so this morning, we wanted you to see. You can see CBC is here, right here. 
CBC television. Bought that in 1987 for $1,800. My heart still breaks over that. $1,800. I can't throw it out. It costs too much money. Just see. They say that seeing is believing. Seeing is believing. There's nothing quite like your sight. Sight is so important that they make protective lenses and glasses. Sight is so important that they make corrective lenses so you can see a whole lot better. Sight is so important that we have eye doctors. Sight is so important that they tell us, you've got to have regular eye examinations. Sight is so important to us that in every bathroom, you'll find all kinds of things to do with our sight. Eye drops, contact lens solutions, eye makeup, yeah, I guess. In our local hospital, you may not know this, in our local hospital in town, there's a place, a room in there, they call the garage. How many have been into the garage? Anyone? Good. No one's been there. I can say whatever I want to say about it. This little guy up here got his hand up. He was in the garage. No. Okay. The garage. You know what the garage is for? The garage is a place where you go to get your eyes flushed out when you do something very, very stupid. And yes, I've been there. That's how I know. And you may ask, how come you were there? Well, I had air conditioning Freon sprayed straight in my eye. Why did I do that? I don't know. Because I'm from the East, I said. No, no. I wanted to find out if this car I got had... The Freon taken out of it yet, so it's like a, you know, like a bicycle tire sim. You just, and the air comes up. Well, I looked right over top of it, and <laughs> it was full. Straight in my eye. Oh, off to the garage I go. The nurse says, we got a place for people like you. It's called the garage. Go out there. It's like two little streams of water, streets in your eye, and it flushes it out. Flushes the problem out of the way. Now, most people learn from that and don't do stupid things again, but I'll probably be back. Now, we hear a lot about, so sight is so important. We know that. Every one of us this morning would say, my sight is vital. I need my sight. We hear a lot about the speed of sound. But what about the speed of sight? I read that sight signals take 50 milliseconds to zip from the eye to the brain and for the brain to see. You see, it's actually the brain that sees, not this. I studied this this past week. Here's the four-step operation. First, the light enters the eye. Secondly, the retina. It senses the image, changes the light signals to electrical ones, and extracts the essential information to pass to the brain. Oh, man, that's a big step. Number three, the nerves carry the electrical signal to the brain. And number four... The brain decodes the sketchy information, fills in the blanks, and perceives the image. Now, what is amazing to that is that these four steps all happen in one-sixth of an eye blink, or 50 milliseconds. Those, now, let, uh, let's, let's check it out and see if this really works. What's this? Boy, that was longer than one-sixth. That, like, that was like 100 milliseconds. What's this? That's what I was going to say. No, no. This is a life preserver for little people like me. What's this? You're getting faster. What's this? 
What'd you say? Pale? What's the... Oh, you got the picture. That's how fast. You've seen that for the first time, and 50, let's say 50 milliseconds, the four-step process happens. One-sixth of an eye blink. All that information, all those images, so you can see. So we recognize sight is important. Each item on stage here has to do with our sight, our eyes, what we see. Have you noticed how many times Jesus spoke about eyes in the Gospels? He was always talking about the use of our eyes. He said, what do you see? He also said, there are things you should see and there are things you should not see. He touched the blind eyes and healed them. He challenged people who had their eyes open, but they still could not see. He often spoke in parables so people would receive descriptive pictures in their minds. He challenged followers to take a good look. He said, look at the field. I believe it's in Matthew chapter 9. He said, take a look at the field. Look at the harvest. It's ripe. And he said, when you look at that field with your eyes and you see the picture, you see people. You see there's a harvest. You see there are many, many people that are ready to take the step, ready to make Jesus Lord and Savior. So he said, I want you to go into the harvest field. I want you to be the combine. I want you to go and bring in the harvest. Oh, in my mind, I've got a great picture of us bringing in the harvest like we've never brought in before. Next Sunday, I believe it's just, listen, I'm going to share with you some facts about people that accepted Jesus. That's what it's all about. It's about seeing the mission field and seeing the harvest and recognizing and realizing that we are the laborers. Jesus said the laborers are few. Why can't we change that and say, oh, the laborers are many. We can't wait to walk into opportunities. We can't wait to share the good news of Jesus Christ. The harvest field, the crop is ready. Jesus was also into eye shock and awe. Remember the feeding of the 5,000? Can you imagine how many eyes began to light up? Turning the water into wine, casting out demons and healing diseases, forgiving sins, associating with those that people said you should not associate with. But he said, I love them. I love the ones that swear. I love the ones that do bad. I love the ones that, no matter what they've done, he says, I love them. I'll eat with them. I'll sup with them. I'll care for them. I'll embrace them. He's shocked. The religious people. You mean he loves them too? Yes. And so their eyes begin to get big. And Yes, he does. He was into eyes, shock and awe. People's eyes were opened in amazement. Whatever Jesus did. I love the Luke chapter 2 account of the dedication of Jesus in the temple. Simeon the priest, he took Jesus into his arms and said with praise upon his lips, he said, my eyes, my eyes have seen your salvation. Can you imagine what a picture that must have been? To hold baby Jesus, to hold him in his arms and say, but now I have seen salvation. The four-step process, that quick, 50 milliseconds, I see the Savior. 
And he began to worship and praise God. But he said something else that really didn't hit me until this past week. Here's what the verse goes on to say. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people. It's not just for me. It's not just for my eyes to gaze upon, but it's in the sight of everyone, whosoever will may come. It's for the entire world. All people. Oh, when any person sees that Jesus is the Savior of the world, the power goes out. When we look up and say, I recognize that Jesus came from heaven and dwelt among us and went all the way to the cross and suffered and bled and died for me, and I want to respond to that, there's a power that goes forward. There's a power that goes out. Sins are wiped clean. As we come to Jesus and say, here I am, just as I am. I've got some situations. I've got some ways about me. I've got some habits. I've got a lifestyle that I'm not too proud of. I've done some things I shouldn't have done. But when we come to Jesus, here's my life. There's a power. There's a power that begins to flow. It's so powerful that it wipes away all the guilt. Yeah, it takes away all your sins. Wipes the slate clean. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. He takes away the guilt. He takes away all the agony and stress and worry. So many people are fearful about dying. Where do I go? And what about my past? And do I have to, when I pass away, what takes place? Do I come to judgment day? And oh, he gives you peace about today and peace about eternity. And he says, you're prepared to meet the Lord. That's how powerful sight is. Seeing Jesus Christ as your Savior. It's all because of God's amazing grace. All because of his amazing grace. After we make our way through the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we get the story of Jesus as he was born, raised, and dwelt among us, went to the cross. But we never should stop there. I'm talking about sight. God says, I want you to now move into the book of Acts. And as you move into the book of Acts, God says, now I'm going to give you a great picture of the church. You may think this morning when I say the word church, there may be some images in your mind that immediately come. You think of great architectural designs. No. You may think of an address on a street? No. You may think of a building? No. But I'm speaking about a cause. I'm speaking about our purpose. I'm speaking about a people. I'm speaking about a movement. I'm speaking about a hope. I'm speaking about a compassion. I'm speaking about a helpline. I'm speaking about a lifeline. I'm speaking about a force. I'm speaking about a congregational body that opens up its arms and accepts everyone and points them to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just a building. Although it houses the people of God, it is not about a building. It's about people. It's about a cause. I've already gone through the list, didn't I? It's about a force that can transform a world. And we this morning want you to see the church. You saw our ministries. You saw what we're involved in. Part of the worship experience 
See, our church is so much more than, than bricks and mortar with an address attached to it. It's a people. It's a people. And we, can, we just hope and pray that you can catch a glimpse of who we are this morning. Number one, in your newsletter, see our visions. See our six visions that we've entitled The Church I See. Put it in your newsletter this morning. I'm not going to go over them all, but I want you to take them with you. When I began pastoring here in the fall of 2002, over the winter months, it was orientation time for me. And by the spring of that year, I wanted to get a framework, a framework of the kind of church that God wants us to become. I wrestled and wrestled and wrestled, had page after page after page, list after list after list of the church that I saw. Worked at it and worked at it and spoke to leadership and the board and we come up with these six visions. These six visions, number one, they keep us on the rail. Everything we do is found in those six visions. Now, we recognize as a church we can't do everything. Everything we do must line up with our six visions. So they keep us on the rail. Number two, they're the wind behind our sails. They keep us motivated. They get us up in the morning. They get us to church as a pastoral leadership day after day. Motivates us, inspires us. So have a look at our six visions. Secondly, this morning, as we close, I, I want to introduce you to our, some of those involved in our ministry. A few of our ministries, not, not all of our ministries are represented here this morning, but some of them are. I want you to see them. That's why we had a large people just get up and left when I was speaking there a minute ago. You thought it was something I said. So did I. So these are our ministries. Let's give them a good hand clap first. We're proud of those that are involved in ministry. And so, first I want to introduce you to the kids' ministry. And this is Carly and Amy. And it runs... I missed the fly. Runs... Oh, look at that. I did get it. Sorry, guys. I stole your thunder. It runs Sunday mornings from September to June during the Sunday morning service. I haven't read this before, so I'm reading it now. I don't agree. No, I do agree with it. I didn't know this, though. No, it runs Sunday mornings during the services from September to June. Summer and holidays is for during the half of the service. We, uh, we uh, release them from the service during halfway through in the Lower Auditorium. It's ages nursery to grade five. And for more information, you can see Carly, Hofer, or Amy Russell. Thank you. And the other ministry we want to mention to you is the BG Club. Runs at Calvary Temple Thursdays at 6.30 in the evening from September to April. Registration is September the 29th. That's for ages 3 to grade 5. And for more information, you can uh, see Tristan Stevenson or Brian Fish. Thank you for your ministry. And thirdly, our youth ministry. It runs at Calvary Temple Wednesday evenings, June, September to June. It's for grades 6 to 8. They meet at 6.30 to 8.30. And it's... The grades, okay, grades 6 to 8 meet at 6.30 to 8.30. Grades 9 to 12 meet from 7.30 to 9.30. And for more information, you can see Katie Newdorf or Scott Beswizerwick. 
Did I say that right? I know, I always do. I'm sorry. Sorry, my friend. Scott? Yeah, I know. But I feel bad still. Okay. Small groups. Young adults. Runs Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. from September to May. Young adults meet at Paula and Joe Fraser's home. Paula would be happy to give you directions. Right now or later? Okay, later. Young adults kick off this Tuesday. For more information, you can see Paula Fraser or my son, Gary Jennings, Jr. Number five is a small groups minute. Did I let you on this platform? Okay. Small group ministry. <laughs> Don't touch the hair. <sighs> small groups begin kicking off again for the fall very shortly. Stay tuned. Don't you have more details than that? Like, like exact? For more information, you can contact Sue Olive and Emil Hood. They're in charge of our small group ministry that takes place during the years, during the year of our church, and uh, Pastor Gary Jennings Jr. You can also see him. And then there's our seniors ministry. <laughs> seniors meet at Calvary Temple in the lower auditorium the third Thursday of each month at two o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, it's an afternoon of tea and hymns with inspirational speakers. And for more information, you can see Pastor Nathaniel Picklick. I always look up to you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Number seven. I'm having fun today. Is that okay? It's kickoff. You know, it's the fall, and it's been a long time away, and just so happy to be alive. Number eight. Number seven. Hospital and um, care home ministry. Monthly services take place at the Assiniboine Center in Valley View Care Home. For more information, you can see Nelson Shepherd. My friend from Newfoundland, from the east, a wise man from the east. I got the wisdom and he, well, I don't know what happened to him. I didn't know it was going to go this way. Multicultural ministry. This is a ministry that has really exploded in our church. An amazing ministry reaching out to different cultures. And uh, English as an additional language, EAL, runs at Calvary Temple in the lower auditorium on Tuesdays at 7 o'clock in the evening. EAL kicks off this fall on September the 27th. Also, Slavic services at Calvary Temple the third Sunday of each month. And Pastor Nathaniel Pikalek, who's just up here, he's in charge of that service. And that's at 2 o'clock in the lower auditorium the third Sunday of each month. Spanish services at Calvary Temple Saturday evenings take place at 6 o'clock in the lower auditorium. For more information, you can see Tamara. Or Lloyd Fast, or my son, Gary Jr., right? And they're involved with EAL and some of the other ministries. Um, you can call to, to speak to my son, Pastor Gary Jennings, Jr. You can see him. I'm already resenting that, aren't I, the junior thing. Thank you for your ministry. We're excited about multicultural ministries in our church, the great things the Lord has done. And then also number nine is our missions ministry. There's a wide variety of missionaries that... We as a church support, both locally and around the globe. We also believe that there are ways to be involved in missions locally and around the globe. Dave and Ann are part of a team that believe and put effort into keeping us focused in missions opportunities. It is a more a blessing to give than to receive, and we do support missions and ministries around the globe. And Dave and Ann Eaton have been involved in missions for a long time, haven't you? Doing a great job, and so we're glad to have you involved again in missions ministry. 
And then Fred, I told Fred he could come up, but he couldn't say anything. <laughs> so remember, Fred is involved. Let's see what you do here, number 10. You just stand over there. I got some, I got a, I got a comfort space. Uh, I missed one, didn't I? Missions ministry, prayer ministry. This includes the prayer chain. If you have a need or a situation you want us to pray about, you can find that in the newsletter and call the church office or Tuesday noon prayer in the church sanctuary. We meet from 12 until 1. Wednesday mornings, we start also prayer men's breakfast, men at 7. For more information about men at 7, you can see... I want to call you pastor there for a minute. <laughs> pastor Fred, he's been with the church for a long time. <laughs> and I say that in a positive way. He's just been the backbone of the church. And, and we're glad, glad to have you. If you want to talk to anyone about the other ministries there that have to do with prayer, like the prayer chain or, or uh, noon prayer, you can speak to myself, the old guy. Thanks you for your ministry. And uh, next is our hospitality ministry. This includes, you might be wondering what does hospitality ministry include. This is what this guy, what these guys all do. Sunday morning welcome center ministries, van ministry, event setup. Did you know you do all this? Ushers, compassionate hands, a ministry that provides meals for church families when when they're needed. Now, Doug Lynch and Mark Usner. Doug is involved in the hospitality part, or sorry, the, um, the door, door ministry. And you're involved with ushers. If you have any questions about the usher ministry or the door ministry, then you can um, see them. Thank you. Last, but... I was going to say something, but I won't. (laughs) Music ministry. Music on Sunday is very, very vital, not only on Sundays, but other parts of the ministry of our church. Sunday worship for both adult and kids ministries. Easter and singing Christmas tree choirs. Singing Christmas tree choir kicks off today at 3.30. You want to be in the choir, come on out at 3.30 this afternoon. For more information, Lindsay Metric or Carrie Gibbs. There's an S on that, right? Okay, And they're involved in the music ministry. And, and so let's give them all a good hand clap. These are some of the ministries that, that we wanted to present to you. We are we're thrilled with what the Lord is doing in our church. And we recognize that there is no perfect churches. But we're doing our very, very best as a church body to follow where God wants to lead us. And when we can journey together and call upon the Lord together, humble ourselves under his mighty hand, we can do something great for the kingdom. That's my prayer this fall as we begin our fall ministry and kick it off this Sunday with our welcome Sunday and introduction Sunday that we do something great for the Lord. We're not interested in just sitting around doing nothing but we want to see the kingdom of the Lord advance. And this morning we just wanted you to see what can happen as we dedicate ourselves and our lives totally to Him. Let's stand 
And thirdly, I want you to see our church congregation. And to see our church congregation, we're inviting you to join us for a barbecue lunch in the foyer. I heard that they got 50 dozen buns. That's a lot of buns. And we'd like you to help us eat them. And as you help us eat them, you can fellowship with each other. You can get to know our church. Get to know our church people. If you're new to our church this morning, if you're visiting, maybe this is your first Sunday. You say, I'm going to check out Calvary Temple. Well, a great way to get to know us is to fellowship with us over lunch. And so we invite you to join us for lunch this morning and get to know some of our people.